0: Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this stat you've given us, Lord. Thank you for letting us come out today, Father. Just please bless the family and everyone that's came out today, Father, and please be with the service as the man comes and preaches your word, Father. Just please keep us all safe and sound in your name, Jesus. In Jesus' name that I pray,
1: amen. I'd like to say, first of all, I thank everyone that's come out today. To uh, celebrate mom's life. Uh, she made a lot of friends in this world. Uh, everything about the service she, are, she put in place, uh, the songs were, she picked out, the, uh, the arrangement, everything mom picked out. So we're just following her wishes in this entire service. It was seven years, three months, and 14 days ago I stood here and preached my dad's funeral. Uh, that was him that was singing that song that you just heard. That was my sister Pam at the beginning of the service singing in that song. And, uh, you know, it seems like a short time uh, that we lost Dad, but for Mom, it felt like a long time. She was with him 53 years when he passed away, and uh, she may not have shown it outwardly, but she missed him so much. Anyone that knows our mother knows that she is the life of the party. She's the glue that holds everything in place. She's the one that holds everyone together. She's the one that if there's going to be a reunion, she set it up. She made it happen. You could not stand in her way if she determined to do something. She's going to do it. And it didn't matter what you said or what you done, she's going to do it. I told some people earlier today, I believe it was my Aunt Mary, that mom's probably up in heaven tell them how to arrange the tables right now. <laughs> Mom once said her favorite things to do in the world was to sing, to cook, and to plan events. But she said out of everything, singing gave her the most joy. Back when we went to North Acres Baptist when I was a young boy, Mom was always called on to sing, and she didn't come up to a podium or anything or a microphone. She stood up right right there in the pew and started belting out, I've been to Calvary. I can remember just being a little boy, and that was the, my favorite song that Mom sang, and and it still is to this day. But every time we would go there, somebody would say, "Sue, would you please sing?" I've been to Calvary, and she'd pop up and she'd start singing. Some of you may not know this, but for 16 years, Mom sang in a gospel trio called the Gospel Rainbows. It was her and a couple of sisters, Alma and Vella. Vella, in fact, was the first one in the door this evening that came out to see her. Uh, They traveled all over East Tennessee. If there was a homecoming uh, anywhere at a church, we were there. The Gospel Rainbows were singing. Uh, She also sang in uh, the House Mountain Trio and the House Mountain Quartet for several years. Mom thrived on family. She thrived on constantly planning the next get-together. Her very most favorite thing to do in this world was to get the family together, sit around the living room with one of my sisters, either Pam or Jennifer on the piano, dad on the guitar, the rest of us holding a red back to our and singing to the top of our lungs. That was mom's ideal day. I'll never forget when I was just young and she was wanting us to sing and of course you know how kids are, oh you know we're going to do this again do we have to sing and she would get upset and we didn't understand it. Just A few months ago, I was talking to my mom and I said, you know, the kids, we can't hardly get them to sing anymore. She goes, now you know how I felt. (laughs) And I do. Mom organized literally hundreds of different events throughout the years, mostly through the various churches that she either belonged to or participated in. She was very particular about how everything was set up. Um, She would spend hours making sure that everything was just right. Uh, She not only organized the events, but she completely ran them. She planned, decorated, cooked, served, and then stayed to clean up the mess. Now she would direct people to do the things that needed to be done, make no mistake about that, Uh, but my dad once said that when she died, and he assumed that she would uh, die before him for some reason, (laughs) Uh, He said when she died, he's going to put in her obituary, in lieu of flowers, bring a covered dish. We didn't put that in the obituary, but if you got one of the programs tonight, if you'll look on the back, Mom's famous chocolate pie recipe is on the back of that bulletin. And she would probably be mad that I gave it out. But uh, no, Uh, if anybody got her cookbook, then you know she loved to to help people and, and to learn how to cook and everything mom loved getting together with her hillcrest friends they would go out and eat nearly every week and her sisters they would go out and eat and uh, she looked forward to that probably more than anything especially after dad passed away Uh, she loved that that's what she wanted to do and so she would go out and i think she single-handedly kept el chico's in the business And probably when she moved to North Carolina, a lot of restaurants out here almost closed up. Uh, She kept them in business. If it was Old Charlie's or Cracker Barrel, but El Chico's, that was her place. If you were watching the the photos, uh, her favorite waitress was on there. And uh, she always loved And She'd come in and want to see her every time we went in the door. Uh, About everything I've told you about mom tonight, I want you to know the most important thing in her life was that she was saved and she was saved in a revival service at North Acres Baptist Church on June the 19th, 1956 when she was 13 years old. There was a revival meeting going on. I believe Earl Joyner was the one uh, in the revival that was preaching and she felt the Lord tugging at her heart and knew that she needed to be saved and she went down and gave her life to the Lord Jesus. And she has lived for him all of these years She's been the most faithful person I have ever been around in my life. She made us who we are. It's because of mom we do what we do. She's the one that kept us in church no matter what. You heard about being one of those drug kids. We were drugged every church service. Every time the door was open, we were drugged there. But these last two churches, or these, I'm sorry, these last two years, was very hard on mom. Many of you kept up with everything. She got COVID around Christmas in 2021 and from that point on things just kept going downhill. Uh, It took her only good kidney and she had to go on dialysis and so many things her body had to endure and finally this past couple of weeks it was just too much. Uh, The Lord had helped her through all that and she relied upon his strength and we didn't want her to go, but it was time the Lord called her to go. One last thing Mom wanted me to share with you is something that she wrote. I believe she read this at Dad's funeral. She wanted it read. It's called Our Story. She says, James and I go back to probably the early 1950s when his parents attended Highland Baptist Church where my dad was the pastor. I knew his family, but they were just another family in the congregation. In 1953, land was purchased to build North Acres Baptist Church, and the church was opened in 1954 with my dad as pastor, and James's family eventually moved their membership to the new church. James said he first noticed me when I was 13 years old, a, a black-haired girl wearing a yellow dress, singing in the choir at North Acres Baptist Church. He was 16 at the time. Our first date, I guess you could call it a date, was when our Sunday school class had a Christmas party at Mildred Copeland's house. We went with another couple in the church because the boy had a car and James didn't at the time. That was in December of 1956. I turned 14 in February of the next year and James turned 17 in May. In the fall of that year, he called to ask me if I would go to the movies with him. Looking back, I'm not sure how he ever got up enough nerve to ask me. He was a very shy person. I was friends with his sister Barbara, and we went to school together, so she may have given him the encouragement he needed. She was our mail carrier when we started dating, carrying our love letters back and forth from one to the other. So he called and asked me, and I told him I would give—I would have to ask my mom. So I asked mom, and she said I had to ask my dad. Well, I must have really wanted to go because I called my dad at work, which is something I just didn't do, and I asked him if I could go. I will never forget what he said. He said, I will leave it up to you to do what you think is right. Well, that was not the thing to say to a 14-year-old girl because I thought it was more than right. So we started dating. Now, when I say dating, I don't mean this hanging out at each other's houses and having freedom to do as we pleased. Dating meant he drove in my driveway exactly when he said he would be there, walked to the door, and ex- escorted me to the car and opened the door for me to get in. Our dates were always on Friday nights. We would go to the movies more often than not to the drive-in movies because there were several of them. Chapman Highway, River Breeze, Sunset, Knoxville Drive-In and The Family Drive, just to name a few. I guess our favorite was The Family Drive-In on Broadway. After the movies, we would go eat. Most of the places we ate were also drive-in restaurants. One of our favorites being the TikTok on Magnolia Avenue. We also ate a lot at Archie's on Broadway and the original Louie's, The Pizza Palace. They also had good food at the drive-in movies really good hamburgers, then assures as the car pulled in the driveway at the exact time it returned at 1030. None of this 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock, but exactly at 1030. And if I wasn't walked to the door and our goodbye said in about 10 minutes, the porch light began to flash off and on. <laughs> now this went on for six years. During this six years, James became one of the most faithful churchgoers that you would ever see. Why? Because that's where he would see me. Being the pastor's daughter, I was there at every service. Twice on Sunday, Wednesday night, singings, cottage prayer meetings, you name it, I was there. My dad also held a lot of revivals, and James would either go with us or meet us there. So after six years, when I was 19 and he was 22, he said, will you? And I said, yes. And we started a life together that lasted for the next 53 years and eight months, only to be ended when those vows were completed that said, till death. On behalf of
0: the family, let me say thank you for your presence here this evening. I know it means so much to them and um, to myself as well. You know, I've heard, and our assistant pastor's here tonight, and he he does very well at this. Uh, He he does good at making mother-in-law jokes. And uh, he said, amen. And I, being the son-in-law, you know, I have never been able to say a good mother-in-law joke because it's not true. Um, I can't say, you look like your mother-in-law just moved in with you. You know, because she did. And I lived through it. Um, you know, we we had such a, uh, and I know everybody feels this way, but I felt so loved by her. And uh, eight months in the same house, and her my wife and I shared the same bathroom. That's pretty close. <laughs> and uh, we made it. We made it. She was a pleasure to be around. And, you know, I want to read a couple of verses that really describe, um, who she was. And uh, Josh Byron, thank you so much. And uh, just a, a joy to be around. A joy to be around. I don't remember if, if we've ever had a crossword. I don't remember. I don't remember it. She may have confided in my wife about something, but I, uh, she hadn't told me yet. And uh, hopefully she don't. But we had a great relationship uh, together. And Proverbs 11:28, He that trusteth in his riches shall fail, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. Proverbs 14, 11, The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. Sue was a flower that bloomed wherever she was planted. She flourished. Wherever you put her, she flourished. She bloomed. She bloomed while growing up in a preacher's home. One of eight children. She loved her brothers and sisters and had a special place in her heart. Grew up laughing, singing, getting in trouble. (laughs) Uh, We've heard many of those stories about the shenanigans of the Spencer children Uh, but she flourished even as a young child a young lady and thank the lord for the day she trusted christ as brother byron mentioned Uh, she flourished into a beautiful young lady that you heard about the love story there and carol took notice of her and uh, she flourished as a wife and as a mother sometimes life was hard on maloneville road and uh, where they started it was actually an unfinished basement there and no inside plumbing for quite a while. Uh, money was tight. But she knew how to make the, the most of it, make the best of it. And she even did that when she was with us. And even dark days, she made the most of it. Uh, money was tight, as I said, and they worked and turned things around. She always brought joy and laughter uh, to the home, especially on payday um and she uh she could see the best in those that she loved each one of you uh family and friends she saw the best in you and loved you dearly Uh, she encouraged james carol and uh, went back to to school and left the meal encouraged her children to do whatever it was that they set their mind to she was proud of each and every one of them she flourished as a grandmother taking all of her grandchildren out on their birthday. She made sure she did that and remembered special occasions, was so thoughtful and so kind, and a scanned Facebook looking for new pictures, and uh she she um she was the FBI Facebook I mean she she kept things in check with Facebook, you know it's gotta be true if it's on Facebook, and she believed that and um her and my mother both. Amen. Um she liked to keep up with what everybody was doing, made sure they had plenty to eat when they came over. I'm going to miss those hot banana puddings. If you've never had a hot, a hot one with that calf slobber, that meringue on top, you have missed it. You got gypped. If you got a cold one, you've not had a real banana, um, banana pudding. You've not had one. That hot, she'd pull that and she'd do it for me, and I'd be so sweet to her, and I'd get her in a good mood, and she'd make one and pull it out in that corningware dish, you know, and, and meringue be as high as the di- dish was deep coming off the top, just hot and, uh, wonderful. I want one right now. But she knew how to take care of people by food. That was her love language. <laughs> food. And sharing food with others, sharing, uh, memories and, and talking. Uh, we had great meals together and, and my wife has not eaten sugar uh, and uh, in the last three years. So me and my mother in law had to slip off and, and, you know, take occasion to cheat on that diet every now and then and, and have a good time. Uh she flourished as a caregiver, foster parent to many, many children who needed love. Uh, she was a nurse who brightened up the hospital, nursing home, sing to patients, cooked for coworkers, encouraged families, uh helped take care of her father, mother, mother in law, her daughter Pam, and then her sweetheart Carol. She flourished as a church member. As Brother Byron said, Strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Love the Lord. Music was a great part of her life. Sang in the choir. Sang specials. And the trios. And and even even while she was making doctor's visits, the, the doctor would look at her, listen to her lungs and say, Lungs sound good. She said, She'd just be so proud. I got strong lungs, you know. And uh, she sang and and kept those lungs in check. But she... Um, she flourished as a church member, she flourished as a widow, you know, she went out with her sisters and shopped and ate and ate and shopped and ate more than they shopped and did all of it and uh, had a great time with that and uh, met up with her friends at Hill Crit. she was always looking for a reason to go out somewhere and eat, I'm telling you. That was it. She was trying to make an excuse to go out and, and she did, uh, in her famous Facebook post. She updated the world, uh, with her Facebook post. And I, and and my wife and I would cringe sometimes. I'm going to be honest with you. We would cringe at what's coming next, you know, and, uh, somebody come out and say, Oh, I just love how Sue does those Facebook posts. And I, I thought, I I wish I could say the same thing. I'm cringing and wondering what's going to come out next, you know, but she loved to update the world with that, sharing her life with us and making smile Uh, she flourished in sickness you know she had a lot of health problems throughout her life losing her kidney to cancer and um you know she kept kept that blood pressure cuff right by her side you know and uh, a lot of medicine doctors appointments but she had a good attitude through it all even up to the end she had a great her her legs were in such pain uh... castle and it's not not the blood flow wasn't going and just excruciating pain but she kept such a good good attitude i never forget i got her a scooter chair Um i had one somebody donated to our church and it it was electric scooter chair and her legs were bad so i thought well this will help her get around at least she can go to lunch and not have to wait here and so we come in one night to her little apartment at arbor ridge she loved that place she loved tea parties she loved all that and uh... so we come in one night, and the bed frame was, was separated from the, the whole bed was separated from the bed frame, the bed headboard. The headboard was here, and the whole bed was up here, pushed over against the air conditioner. And I looked, and I thought, I thought, Grandma, what happened? Ah, I, don't, I don't know, what, what is it? I thought, what is it? The headboard's over here, the bed's over here, something happened here. And then and then she in just a minute she got frustrated. She said, Oh, okay. I ran into it with my scooter chair. And she tore that bed on to pieces. But uh we got it back together. But just she made the most out of everything. You know it'd be good for us to make the most of every moment God gives us. Make the most of it. And she certainly did. And uh, she had some hard things to deal with the last 17 months, and uh, but she did. Dialysis was not her favorite. Sat in her home in East Tennessee for 60 years. Um, I can't imagine what that was like, but she did it. And uh, she, she tried to move forward. She tried to progress. She flourished Even even in death. She told her family how much she loved them. And peacefully crossed over. Listening to that song. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. And as she crossed over into heaven. I'm so thankful for the promise of heaven. And I want to tell you about somebody else that flourished. In life. And in death. The Bible says in First Peter 2.23. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. But committed himself to him that judges righteously. Isaiah fifty three seven. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, and he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before shears it is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. Being born in a cattle stall, Jesus Christ from his birth was oppressed, but he flourished. Even when when Herod tried to rid the world of of all the boys to get rid of Jesus. Jesus Christ flourished. Even as a young man, He flourished. In His ministry, even in face of the opposition of the Pharisees when they tried to push Him over the ledge and got so incensed at His preaching and teaching, Jesus Christ flourished in those days. Even when Pilate said, I find no fault in Him nevertheless, and turned Him over to the mob, Jesus flourished in that moment. Jesus, while dying on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He flourished even in death. He also flourished on that third and the appointed day when He got up from the grave and rose. Resurrection morning, Jesus flourished. Everything that came His way, He flourished. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Every hurdle that Jesus overcome was for you and me. He shed his blood for you and me. The crown of thorns that was plaited upon his head and the spit that come in his face and the spear that riven in his side. He did every bit of that. He flourished through it all so that you and I could have not just life, but abundant life. He came that you might have life and that might have life more abundantly. He did all of that for us. Thank God for a person who will flourish in the adversities of life. Even when everybody's telling them not to or to stop or you shouldn't have to deal with that or you shouldn't be going through that right now in this time in your life. Thank God that Jesus endured the cross despising the shame. I'm glad He didn't turn around going up to Calvary, aren't you? I'm glad He didn't stop halfway. He went all the way for you and I. May God help us and learn from the example of Jesus who flourished in the midst of opposition. May we learn from a precious lady, my mother-in-law, to flourish bloom wherever you're planted you may not like the circumstances they may not be the best quit making excuses and be all that god wants you to be where he's put you well if this hadn't happened or that hadn't happened she never did that she just kept going kept going may god give us some tenacity anchored in the faithfulness of jesus christ he flourished in all of the situations. And one of her favorite things to say in her Facebook post before she updated us on her day, <laughs> it was this. I meant to do my work today, but... And she was referring to this poem, and I want to read it to you. I meant to do my work today, but a brown bird sang an apple tree, and a butterfly flitted across the field, and all the leaves were calling me, and the wind went sighing over the land, tossing the grasses to and fro, and a rainbow held out its shining hand, so what could I do but laugh and go? Laugh and go. I want to say to you this evening, you say, how can a person endure such and keep a smile? It's the joy of Jesus Christ. And I trust you know Him as your Savior tonight. Not that your name's on a church roll or you've been baptized. I mean, is he living on the inside? Have you made a decision to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If not, I trust you do that tonight. We're not promised tomorrow. Although we can gauge, we, at the end of our days, we could say, you know, she may not have long left here, but nobody really knows. You may not know. We may leave tonight. Are you ready? Are you ready? And for those of you who are saved, quit despising the circumstances that God's put you in. Smile. And let the love of Jesus shine through. Let's quit making excuses. Well, I'm so thankful I had a mother-in-law that loved God. I'm so thankful. What a gift. You know, Job said, He said, The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away, Job one twenty-one. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We focus on the Lord taketh away a lot of times, don't we? We focus really on that. Why did you take? Why did you? But I want to tell you tonight, God gave in Sue Chesney. God gave what, Pastor? He gave a gift. A gift from God. God gave us her. Let's learn from the example that he used her to be. And let's lean on the example of Jesus Christ we endure the cross, despising everything else. May God help us to go forward. If you're not sure you're saved, I trust you'll get saved tonight before it's too late. Let's bow for prayer and then we're going to have a song by Brother Byron and his family. Father, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, thank you for my mother-in-law's life. Thank you for the good times, the good days. And Lord, I pray you'll help us to draw strength from those moments. And Lord, ultimately draw strength from you. And I pray if there's one here that doesn't know the peace that passes understanding, God, I pray that you'll help them. Lord, I pray that you'll give them that peace right now. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us. Lord, bless this family. I pray you'll put your arms around them, draw them close to you, I pray. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to uh, give the arrangements for tomorrow. The graveside will be held at Washington uh, Pike Presbyterian Cemetery at 1045. Uh, to anyone who can make that. And I want us to stand together tonight and we're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer thank you again for being here i know it means so very much to the family and many of you have driven a long way to get here and thank you so much for doing that it means so very much and let's bow for prayer father again we thank you for uh, miss sue's life and lord i pray you'll help us to honor you with our life we've only been given one only have one shot at it and god i pray you'll help us to please you and i pray there's one here Tonight, without you, I pray that you will convict their heart and they'll get saved before it's everlasting too late. And God, I pray you'd help us all to make our life count because one day we will be, we will meet you. And I pray that we'll hear well done. And God, I pray you'll bless now, give us traveling safety. pray you'll be in the service tomorrow. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are dismissed.